if you have your Bibles this morning, I'm going to go to the Luke, uh, Luke chapter 15. This is our last Race to Life Sunday service uh, with our series, Race to Life. But how many here has ever, have you ever, anybody in here, ever said something you wish you could take back? Really? That many? You're saying stuff right now, right? <laughs> Have you ever offended anyone? Really? Huh. So have I. So have I. It's not an easy thing to do, but we've all done it. And how fast it can happen. We just say things without thinking. I remember um, three years ago about, it was in June of 2018, and uh, I was, you know, I had my episode with my stroke and, and things that went on, and, and so I was wanting to get away. My wife didn't really want to, but I wanted to, and, and Bobby Jane said, man, they're game to go, you know, just let us know. And so we flew up to New York, and you're thinking, why would you go to New York? New York? But we went over to uh, Niagara Falls, and we were at this restaurant, and we were eating and things, and we were sitting there, and we waited for 45 minutes. And we never did have any food brought to us. And so, in a gracious form, I said to the person, I don't know what I said to him. I was pretty rude, though, about getting our food. We've been here for 45 minutes. Okay, that's not very funny, but, but here's the thing. A lot of times we say things without thinking, and I did that. I said things without thinking, and my wife always picks on me about that. And I regretted it, so I had to apologize to the guy. But how many, of us, how many of you in here have ever said anything you wish you hadn't have said and then had to go and apologize? The hardest part about it was recognizing that you were wrong. The hardest thing about it was recognizing and going to the person or the persons or the whatever and apologizing publicly. Because it wasn't an easy thing to, to acknowledge that you messed up in what you said. In the book of Luke, in chapter 15, we have an episode here. You've probably heard this before, and, and many of you have heard it many, many times. If you've come to church here for, for uh, several years, you know that I speak from Luke 15 quite often. It's the story of the prodigal son. And I was wrong is one of the hardest things, especially when you're young and you don't really know everything. You think you do. You're just rather full of ego. And this young man was full of ego. He was probably 20-something years old. He wanted to take his possessions, and he wanted to go. I'm going to read part of it, and then we'll go to the part that ties it in to baptism. Then Jesus said, a man had two sons. The younger son said to his father, Father, give me a share of the property. So the father divided his property between his sons. The younger son gathered up all of his, uh, all of his, his, all of his, oh, boy. The younger son gathered up all was his and traveled away to a far country. And there he wasted the money and foolish living. After, after he had spent everything, a time when there was no food anywhere in the country, and the son was poor and hungry. So, the, so he got a job with one of the citizens there who, went and wanted his, who sent his son into the fields to feed the pigs. The son was so hungry that he wanted to eat the pods the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Now here's the point. Up until this point, the young man had never considered what he had done wrong. Never seen what he had done wrong. And it's the same way with us. 
I don't know what it takes, but a lot of times it takes a very devastating thing to happen. He had added a lot of money, he had a lot of resources, and he had squandered them upon riotous living or, or, or women or alcohol, whatever it was. He wasted the money. You may wonder, how, how does this have to do with baptism? Just like the ungrateful, spoiled son. He thought he knew best, but he wasn't. He didn't know it wasn't best until he was looking in his puddle. I want you in your mind's eye, I've said this before. But he began to sit and he began to think about his life in the past. How it was when he was at home and everything had direction, he had order, he had someone in charge. But now he was in charge of all this stuff that he had had in his life. And he looked in the, in the mirror, the, the water and the, the, the muck and stuff, that the pigsty. And he saw his reflection back in there. And for the first time he realized there was something missing in his life. He didn't know it all like he thought he did. He didn't put it all together like he thought he, like he, thought he would. His life had turned out completely different than he ever imagined. And more disappointing than he had ever imagined. He set out to live life and live on the edge. And he had all the answers in life. But he ended up with what things, with things that he never thought was possible. Verse 17. When he realized what he was doing, he thought, all, of all my father's servants have plenty of food. But I'm here almost dying with hunger. He did not have to go back home. And it's the same way with you and me and every one of us here. You don't have to repent. You don't have to come to a place of acknowledging that you need a Savior. But he had to come to that place in his life that he recognized that he didn't have the answers. He had made a mess of his life. In just a few minutes, we're going to have 20 people, or 19 people that come up and, and have the water baptism. But they were just like the prodigal. Lots of mistakes. Now, some of them are young. You think, well, how, how could they even, how do they know what's wrong? They may not know exactly what's wrong, but they know what's right. See, when I was eight years old and I was water baptized, I didn't know all the wrong that was out there, but I knew what was the right. God's instilled within us on their heart and upon my heart. He's wrote his word upon our heart and we, that we might not sin against him. Because of what we know, just because of the awareness of God himself, he wrote certain things into existence on our lives that we cannot deny him. And the more we pay attention to those things, our life will be fulfilled. He didn't have to come to, to repentance. He could have stayed in the pig pen. And I'll tell you what, some people had rather stay in the pig pen and live like, they've, like the pigs than to repent and ask for forgiveness and ask for a change in their life. That's the truth. When he realized he went to his father and he repented, he went to his father. He didn't go to all the people he used to run around with and party with and spend all of his money. He went to his father, the one he had taken from before. But he still needed something else from his father. And it's called forgiveness. And I don't care what you do in life. You can go through your life all your, from 5 to 50 or 60 years old. But if you don't have forgiveness of things that's wrong in your life, if you don't ask for forgiveness of your sin, repent of your sin, you're staying, you're staying in the pig pen. You see, we've already had people talk about not being ashamed. And I'm not ashamed. I just don't care. I just don't care who's here because I'm going to get in the water with these people over here. And I don't care where they are or what their story's been or where they've been in the past. We're going to baptize them into a newness of life. It doesn't make them. 
It doesn't make them any more saved, but it says something about them going public. I'm dying to myself. If you ever have a chance to listen to Watergrave, listen to Watergrave. It's a great old song. Some of you may not like the old music, but it's a great song. It explains exactly what takes place. I'm going down to the river, and I'm going to be buried alive. I'm going to show my heavenly father that the man I used to be has finally died. This is about us, and it's about obedience. It's amazing what God's going to do in these 19 people's lives.